1: Over 25 years ago, on September 29th, 1998, we watched a brainy girl with curly hair drop everything to follow a guy she only kind of knew all the way to college. And so began Felicity. My name is Juliette Littman, and I'm a Felicity superfan. Join me, Amanda Foreman, who you may know better as Megan, the roommate, and Greg Grunberg, who you may also know as Sean Blundberg, as the three of us revisit our favorite moments from the show and talk to the people who helped shape it. Listen to Dear Felicity, presented by Walmart on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, Foot Clan, the NFL season is here. Five days a week, we're here with you. Check out the Ultimate Draft Kit. Prepare for your drafts. We've got it all ready for you at ultimatedraftkit.com.
2: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers Podcast with your hosts, Andy Holloway, Jason Moore, and Mike Wright.
0: Oh, welcome in. The Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Mike Wright, Jason Moore. I'm Andy Holloway. We welcome you in Wednesday, August 2nd. We begin the journey towards a fantasy football championship. We'll be alongside you all season long, every single day. If you're into Dynasty, we've even got an extra episode.
2: Ooh, that's great. I am into Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> then that, do I uh, have news for you, Jason. <laughs> what? You may be interested in something we're providing. Okay. Uh, which also comes out today, right? Yes. So Wednesday's, Wednesday's a double double dose yeah. of the fantasy footballers. We've got the main show. We've got the Dynasty show. I believe Mike... Was on there with Borg and Betts.
3: Yep, we were talking all about quarterbacks. I've heard
0: of them. Yeah, that sounds like a good discussion. Um, today we have Ice and Fire, mm. one of our favorite episodes of the year. We got news to talk about. We have so much going on.
2: I just can't wait for the drop. I mean, that's all I'm here for is just when we get into that segment. But we do have something maybe a little bit more important. Uh-oh than that drop oh I didn't even see this why don't you you go ahead and take the mantle (laughs) this is this is the time I mean we are here we are in August training camps are (laughs) open and listener league entries oh no are now officially open so you have one week only to submit your listener league entries and here's how you do it you make whatever fun thing you want to represent yourself to say I should be in the league.
0: Put me in that league.
2: And you're going to email that fun thing to listenerleague at fantasyfootballers.com. I said it once, and I'll say it one more time. <laughs> That's going to be twice. League at fantasyfootballers.com. We are accepting entries for one week, and maybe we'll play in a league together this year. And,
0: and uh, Mike, you know, we
3: we don't need the resume, right? That is correct. Look, we want to play with fun people. You're going to be like, we're going to be chatting and yucking it up all season long. So we want people, it's it's a good time. This show, hopefully you realize that fantasy football is about, look, we, we all want to win, but we also want to have a good time throughout the NFL season. So what do you do to get in the listener league? Just something that. That that we know that you're a fan of the show. And that, I think that's the big one there. And yeah. that you're going to have a good time with us. We don't want, don't just, you know, like you're too scared to let me in the <laughs> league. No, we aren't too scared, but you're not going to get in that way. And don't send us a wall of text.
0: Yeah, if you love fantasy football and you love the podcast. I think, Brooks, you, you put yeah. that well. Um, well. Brooks should know it. Brooks yeah, was that's how we in the us.
2: Listener League. We met Brooks from the Listener League. He's part of the show now. The biggest loser Brian Ketcher, Listener League. This is we. Now we that one that, was an
0: unfortunate.
2: Oh, it sucks. I'm so un I'm so unhappy to have right. made his acquaintance and become close <laughs> friends. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, oh uh, man, we take the league you serious. Just,
3: you just said you were close friends with Brian. I know he's he's gonna lose his mind. Yeah, but <laughs> it, but it's true.
0: You can have donuts showing up at the office <laughs> in 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, a that that's a big announcement. I didn't realize that was dropping on today's show, but it makes sense one week one week oh, people yeah. one week and and don't endanger yourself because somebody <laughs> somebody reached out to me and let me know that this year's entry like they almost drowned or something
3: <laughs> going through a river stay safe out there so
0: yeah, no no don't, don't f- i don't think we need you to like f- is it fjording a river what is that
3: that fjording is when you take the the raft Yeah and, don't do not, that not the or fjording is just That's when you walk the- through it with the oxen and the yeah. oxen just they no, disappeared.
0: Yeah, no Oregon Trail stuff. Like we don't need that.
3: But um, also stay safe. And then last one: don't ask us oh, on it's fording a river. Oh,
0: fjords are those things down yeah. in New
3: Zealand or something oh, in yeah Norway and stuff. Yeah. Uh, last bit We're of information: uh, don't ask us on social media for where you send your entry. Because yeah. th- we already is, said it twice. These are the rules. Yeah, I almost repeated it, but
2: I'm no, not going, we I'm not will going not, to. No, we will not say it again. We're not saying listener league com ever uh,
3: again. <laughs> okay, there it is. Jason.
0: Quick question of the day.
3: If I said it twice, I'll say it thrice.
0: Uh, this quick question comes in from uh, Dr. Kool-Aid. He says, how do I get my commissioners to get the ball rolling on leagues earlier without being too annoying? So that would be mm. things like setting the draft order which I did for our family league this morning, or setting the date for the draft, which I did for our family league this morning. How do you get them to do
2: it sooner? Uh, I, I genuinely think that the best way is to offer your services to do it for them. I, I don't think that the that the commissioner of your league is like, I refuse <laughs> to think <laughs> about this until August 15th. Um, People are busy. So, you know, a lot of leagues that we are in have co-commissioners um that's every platform now will allow you to have multiple people with administrative access and and i think it's really nice when someone else can step up and say hey i was thinking about getting the ball rolling on this do you want some help do you want me to you know help set the draft order and stuff like that and then it uh, makes yeah it makes sense that you're in
0: this position where you're very excited because you're listening to the show right now and you've probably listened for a while, and. Um, we go year round. So you've been excited. You've wanted the league and the draft order to happen. I will say this, uh, setting the draft order, cool. If you want to have it happen early, you want to get the league going, you want to start chatting, that's great. Don't, and we're getting to the news in a minute, so you'll understand this even more, don't push for your draft to be too soon just because you're excited because we, we're we always trying to push our draft as far back mm-hmm. as possible Um, our, we're on labor day for our league of record, which is September
3: 4th. I'm trying to sync it up with kickoff. Like, right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like the final pick. Yeah. And then the final pick is in, you have 30 seconds to set your life. Oh, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just, look, the injuries, they, they stink regardless, but they stink a whole lot more when you already got the players on the roster. So, um, we've had drafts where we didn't have a choice. Obviously, uh, it was the time people could get together. And we've had injuries happen literally Mm mid-draft before because preseason games were taking place. So uh, it's good to avoid that if you can. Let's jump into the news.
2: News and notes from around the league. Presented by USAA Insurance.
0: Well, there's some stuff going on. Let's start with the headline here. Cooper Cup left practice yesterday. (laughs) Dealing with a yeah. was that a horse, Jason? It wasn't meant to be. It was but, a sad horse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he left practice. Hamstring injury. <sighs> underwent an MRI. The team's going to be cautious. It's going to take weeks. Kind of sounded similar to the Burrow situation, where you're probably not going to see any more Cooper Cup. Um, you know, this data is interesting. I'm not saying it's prescriptive for Cooper in this situation. Certain, you know. For sure, but Matthew Betts, our injury expert, talked about the fact that in his data set over the last two years, 60% of players who dealt with camp injuries failed to meet their ADP. Pretty hard to meet your ADP when you're being drafted in the top five anyway. You add to that an injury-laden season last year, um, going into the season with a hamstring you know Cooper Cup is a special type of player and athlete we've seen him return from an ACL yes uh when people didn't expect him to produce and he did but i'm not excited to see this news our our risk ratings in the UDK are going to rise on Cooper Cup i i'm sure of that and uh he's moved from like 1 to 4 because i see those top four wide receivers so close that look you if you have a hamstring injury that's going to separate you a little bit in my rankings because I don't want that risk.
2: Yeah, I, I have a rule that I've adopted over the last several years, which is when you're in draft season, don't don't buy the ADP dip of currently injured players. Now, if he's totally back and healthy by the time drafts come around, you're not buying an ADP, ADP dip and there won't be one, but certainly it's unfortunate.
0: Alvin Kamara is going to meet with Roger Goodell today to discuss the Las Vegas incident. And so we will get an answer likely soon on whether he'll be suspended for one game, two games, four games. Yeah, we don't know. And we might talk about him today. Later. Calvin Ridley. Uh, This was, um, I guess, as good as it gets. Uh, Dealing with a toe injury, that was reported. A lot of sad faces. And then this morning we found out it's related to the cleats he was wearing, and he switched cleats today, and he's he's expected to be fine.
2: Yeah, he was like,
0: I'm a size 12?
2: Yeah. <laughs> he had no idea. Wait, did Cooper Cup try this? I, uh, yeah, he should like change his pants for the hamstring yeah, injury. He's yeah, like, exactly. My pants were too tight. <laughs> I really doubt that one, Mike. Um, <laughs> you, we got to try
0: everything. Well, you're in a good mood now, but what about yes. this? Oh. Vikings running back Alexander Madison Ooh. limped off the practice field. But well, like like Pimp Limp? No, not like a pimp a cool, limp. Like <laughs> no, he like he no. hit a big play and he's like, Look at that swag. Yeah. No? Pimplimp.com. dot <laughs> com. That's like the groin index, but it's for awesome. uh different injuries. Oh, no, uh man. don't go there by the way. I, I Who I, knows? I don't know what <laughs> you're gonna find. He stayed on the field to watch the remainder of practice. Okay. Um unfortunately this meant that seventh round rookie Dwayne McBride ends up with first team reps with Madison out and, uh, Kinney Nuangwu also not practicing. So Madison camp injury didn't seem serious, but
3: we'll have yeah, to pay yeah, attention. Yeah. You got to pay attention.
0: Garrett Wilson expected to return to practice with that low. All an- right. I want all my ankle injuries to be low
3: ankle. Yeah.
0: That's just, that's a lot better than, than high ankle. And then Travion Williams, um, who cares? It, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why this I, is in for, there. For fantasy, I care. for fantasy I mean, he's purposes. fine, though. You, so, like, this is not news.
3: Well, it it was news because, yes, this is it's an update for me. Actually, I hadn't seen this part of it. I don't know it, anybody
0: out there that probably knows where he plays. So, you might have to say that part, the, too.
3: The dynasty players know where Travion Williams is. He's on the Cincinnati Bengals. He is fighting to be the backup to Joe Mixon, which could have some value if you are in much deeper leagues, of course. But he, it was, it, the report came out, he went down, he was carted off, but I guess it is, Ian Rappaport says it's believed to be a mild ankle sprain, but that this shakes things up. You have uh, Chris Evans there, you have Chase Brown, who they drafted uh, in the fifth round, I believe, this year. So they, it, it can potentially shake things up for who is actually the backup.
0: Uh, O.J. Howard has
3: been waived by the Raiders. I mean, yeah, that, unfortunate for him, but... Michael My no I can Michael Mayer. (laughs) I I, keep wanting to call him Michael Meyer.
0: I actually think a storm is brewing for Jason, by the way.
3: Yeah? I do. Oh no, I
0: think a storm is brewing for a rookie tight end. I think we're gonna have three or four this year that you're going to have to talk about on (laughs) waiver shows. Uh huh. I think it's gonna be Dalton. Laporta. Laporta, Kincaid, Mayer, and maybe one of the Packers tight ends. I don't know. If it will happen, but I will enjoy every minute of it. Uh, there's if it does. certainly
2: opportunity this year. Is it- Austin Mo- Hooper's still in Vegas. Yes, he he is. He is also still Austin Hooper. Well, and if this works, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh man, so- oh no. <laughs> we uh, yeah, th- this year will be the real testing oh. of the rookie tight end. This is a great rookie tight end class and I, I have no doubt that there will be weeks you know, you remember Greg Dulcich last year as a rookie sure I mean yeah. he was really important for waivers on certain matchups but obviously Greg Dulcich wasn't a good pick last year no and, you're you know, right didn't win people leagues all of them will have games Kincaid Mayer um, you know uh, Laporta but Musgrave it, a little, lot of the Musgrave muskrat- and don't yeah. forget Schoonman oh, well, he's, he's, he's
0: on up. the pup. Uh, you're, you're right. And I think the hard part is that it's for any tight end ever, it's very difficult to be consistent in any way, shape and form. Sure. And it's so hard for a rookie to have earned the level of trust of the quarterback playing time, the blocking assignments to do all that. So well as a rookie to be on the field enough to be consistent, to not just be a waiver ad that you, you pick up, you play, and then you're like, dang it. That's not it. So, um, it'd be fun though. It'd be fun if it happened. All right, that was today's news and notes presented by USAA Insurance. You can learn more at slash insurance.
2: You guys ready? Let me hear it. Ice and fire. (laughs)
0: all right we have each selected an ice and fire pick for today's show and um we're going to tease them a little bit before we let you know what category these players are in but jason gets the privilege of beginning our ice and fire segment
2: yeah and i'm going to start us off with a tight end we were just talking about rookie tight ends and how they are and i'm going to talk about Last year's Titan number 3, super uber talented He-Man has set at times the NFL record for yardage, George Kittle. Chops down trees between plays on the sideline.
3: Yeah, just to stay warm.
2: Yeah, that guy is awesome. (laughs) I I really like George Kittle. Um, Unfortunately, he's not fire. Ice. Oh, George Kittle. George Kittle is my ice p- player, my ice pick, um, and I think that it's uh, it, It's a bad pick right now in fantasy football. Um, all of us have him ranked slightly behind his ADP. I'm the lowest. I've got him at tight end seven. If you look at how his fantasy points came last year, it was an anomaly for his career. We're going to year seven here. And he had 11 touchdowns last year. And you think, well, yeah, George Kittle and tight ends. They're touchdowns. Of course, to George
3: Kittle had 11 touchdowns.
2: Here's his career uh, season finishes at touchdown. Two, five, five, two, six. He's never been a touchdown guy. Now, last year, 11 touchdowns. And we know, we say this all the time, and it's just proven year after year after year at every position. Touchdowns are not a sticky stat. There are extremely few players. I mean, you could count them on one hand that are like, Every year, they are going to be double-digit touchdowns. Even great running backs who do it one year, turn around the next year, and don't have it done. The yardage wasn't really there for him. And and I know at the end of the year, there's a lot of people really, really in on George Kittle because of what he did with Brock Purdy. Um, He had seven touchdowns in his final four games with Brock Purdy. He was just a machine. He won people championships. He was awesome because he is awesome. He could do it. He could be the number one tight end in the league if if him and Kelsey switched teams. George Kittle would be drafted at the 105, and you could argue it's the best pick in fantasy. Unfortunately, he plays for the San Francisco 49ers. He is not the number one target. That's probably Debo. He's not the number two target. That's probably Christian McCaffrey. Yep. He's not the number three target. That's Brandon Yep. So you're talking about a fourth read in an offense where he is dominant, but he's not going to be able to get it done. He only had an 11.5% target share in the games where he played with all of those players. In fact, there were only two games where Purdy was playing and Debo was playing, um, and in those games he had 22 yards and 29 yards. Um, He can get it done. He's talented. He'll have monstrous games, but his bad games are going to be really bad because he's also just a kick-butt blocker. I mean, he'll block people into the ground and set things up for their team in ways where he can have an amazing game for the San Francisco 49ers, but for fantasy football, not the so much. Year 7,
0: one complete season for George Kittle. He hasn't played every game since 2018, so that's another – thing you need to factor in, right? Like, last year, 60 for 765 is not doing it for you if you don't have 11 touchdowns.
2: Right, you need the 11 touchdowns. In fact, over the last decade, there's only one top five tight end who is fourth on his team in targets, and that was Robert Tunyon, who only had uh, 59 I remember, targets. I remember it, yeah. But he had 11 touchdowns. So if you get 11 touchdowns, sure, but that's not something we can predict in fantasy. But here is my biggest point. I think the biggest reason I'm super ice on George Kittle is not because... I don't like George Kittle. I I, I, I love Greg Dulcich this year. I've, of course I'd rather have George Kittle on my roster than yeah. Greg Dulcich. He's great. But he's a fifth-round pick right now. Right now, in order to select him, you're giving up Justin Herbert or Justin Fields. Those guys are going to be every week difference makers. You're giving up Miles Sanders or Cam Akers or Alexander Madison right now. You're giving up Terry McLaurin or Hopkins or Watson or Judy. It, it's just not worth it. You're... The, the inconsistency you're going to receive will not be worth it just because you're like, I want to fill my tight end position and feel good about it. Don't do it. That's my case.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very fair. I, I saw those numbers, the target share when all those four guys are on the field. Now, look, San Francisco is going to go through their injuries because they do it every year. Sometimes it's Kittle. If you took one or two of those pieces out, you know, that's a trade target all of a For sudden. Sure. But um, But as it stands right now, we have not – I don't think any of us have – even, like, thought about drafting him at that price point. Correct. Uh, and every name that you mention that you're choosing him over, I think every single one of those I'd rather have over George Kittle.
2: Yeah, I, I genuinely would. I'm curious. I, I don't know what my exposure is. I wonder if I have any George Kittle.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Not at that price. So I'll uh, I'll take up the mantle next because we don't want to just, you know, poop all over the tight end position. I mean, we do because we do it every year. Mm-hmm. But well, they I, they do it. Yeah. Well, they, it's on them, yeah. Um, and this, the guy, this guy made it easier last year because he wasn't participating a lot. Um, I want to talk about the brand-new tight end for the New York football giants. The off-season surprise edition. The tallest man in the receiver room. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Darren Waller. We're talking about a player that's made a huge contribution in the past. Getting older. Changing teams. Daniel Jones' confidence, but I'm here to tell you, this is a fire pick. Fire. Woo! Darren Waller. Googoo goo. Darren Waller is going to make a difference in your leagues this year, and you can look to the discussion that Jason just brought forth regarding the draft position of George Kittle, and then you can look Darren Waller's way and you see him sometimes in the seventh, into the sixth round, so. Here's what I have to say about Darren Waller that I want to open your eyes to. Why I'm getting more and more I would say enthusiastic about his potential in New York. First of all, the last two full seasons he had, he did finish as the tight end 3 and the tight end 2. It's been a while. It has been a while. Those two years, the average was 98 receptions, 131 targets, 6 touchdowns. Um you look at the Giants wide receiver room, you look at the targets that they have right now. It is almost impossible to define a leader in it also,
2: it also feels like they shouldn't be allowed to be called Giants.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you it's really, what?
2: they, that's, that's a <sighs> misnamed wide receiver oh, room. Man. Wow,
0: the New York Giants <laughs> they have itty-bitty. a bunch of slot receivers. Um, they play big,
3: Jason. Hmm.
0: They sit on boosters in the in that room, <laughs> oh, though. Um, oh, man.
3: <laughs> whew, you're, a, you're heated today. I, I don't know. I've
0: got a lot more <laughs> caffeine in the system. We're recording in the morning. Uh, look, in fantasy football, there's a clear negative correlation between team wide receiver and tight end shares. Historically, offenses without a clear wide receiver one see boosted tight end target shares. They went out. They wanted to equip Daniel Jones, who they brought back, to be successful in this offense. And who's the wide receiver one in New York? Say say a name out loud at the same time. Three. But it's got to be a wide receiver. It's got to be a wide receiver. Three, two, one. Sterling, Sterling Shepard. Oh, really? The guy coming off the Achilles and the ACL who just came off the pup. Yes. So you got Wandale and Crowder and you've got Paris Campbell. The answer might just be Darren Waller. And so since, you know, Daniel Jones, since his entire, his entire tenure in New York, wide receivers have seen less than 60% of the targets every single year. And that's without Darren Waller in the equation. Look, Daniel Bellinger, mm-hmm. who did not profile to be much of an impact last year, was getting involved in the offense as a rookie very early. <laughs> I'm seeing Kyle share the uh, the the VHS uh, cover for the for the movie Little Giants. <laughs> Is that Rick Moranis? Um, oh yeah, that was. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Little Giants. Oh boy. But right now, Darren Waller, he's flashing in camp. He's a matchup nightmare. He's in a good place, and he's happy to be in New York. Um, linebackers, we know they can't cover Darren Waller, and I think that the price is why he's brought up here as a fire. If you, were, if you were building into his draft price in fantasy football the fact that he has to reach these certain thresholds, it would be too scary to say, hey, new team, new quarterback. But the Giants showed me last year with very limited personnel. Brian Dable put his quarterback in a position to where they could compete regularly in games. You bring back Saquon, you take some pressure off the defense. I I don't know if Darren Waller, a healthy Darren Waller, can't get, you know, eight or nine targets a game in this offense. He helps his quarterback so much. So I'm I'm very excited about his potential. I wanted to take him in our mock draft yesterday, but he was stolen from me.
3: No, it's but. I'm I'm all aboard here with the Walrus. It's going to be great to have him back. Thank you. Virus. I can't believe I missed the drop until the
0: end. That the, was really it's all right.
3: That was pathetic. We got there. Uh, the, some of the quotes. Howell. Some of the quotes coming out of New York are they're just sensational. You have a quote here from Connor Hughes. It appears the Giants have taken Darren Waller out. Some say for a breather. I think it's to force Daniel Jones to throw elsewhere. (laughs) Like this this is, they're just the buzz out of there is incredible. If he is truly healthy, he is he he will be the top target for the New York Giants. And having getting a top target for any team, it's it's a great thing to have when you don't have to spend a top five round pick on him. Even better. And then it turns out it's a onesie position, a top target onesie position. Available at the back of the sixth round right now. That's beautiful. And I will throw in
0: Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, deep threats. Daniel Jones has had success there. If those guys can take the top off this defense and let Darren Waller run free in the intermediate routes in the middle of the field, I think it could be very, very interesting. Mike is going to share a player with us in a moment, but you're going to have to wait.
1: Over 25 years ago, on September 29th, 1998, we watched a brainy girl with curly hair drop everything to follow a guy she only kind of knew all the way to college. And so began Felicity. My name is Juliette Littman, and I'm a Felicity superfan. Join me, Amanda Foreman, who you may know better as Megan, the roommate, and Greg Grunberg, who you may also know as Sean Blundberg, as the three of us revisit our favorite moments from the show and talk to the people who helped shape it. Listen to Dear Felicity, presented by Walmart on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, Mike, it's your turn to share an ice or fire pick with us.
3: All right, I'm going to talk about a stalwart of fantasy football, someone who has dominated for us at the running back position year after year after year. It's Mr. Alvin Kamara. We're going to get right into it. Ice. I am very, very concerned about Alvin Kamara heading into the 2023 season. Yes, there is an ADP dip because we don't know what's going on. We're going to have more clarification of will he miss any games or not. I'm projecting he will miss at least a couple games uh, anywhere from one to four, and but that matters. like when you're drafting a player who is suspended, they can't go in your IR. They just sit there on the bench waiting, waiting to unleash them. Meanwhile, they are absolutely killing the moves that you can make when hot waiver guys pop in week 1 and you're just like, well, I got to sit here with Alvin Kamara. But here's the ugly side of the story on top of that. The efficiency has gone down. We have a full like Lamar Miller situation here over the last 2 years. His his volume, the volume we've all been screaming at New Orleans to give us. Give it like we need Alvin Kamara to touch the ball more. Tons and tons of carries the last 2 years. Last year was the lowest yards per carry of his career.
0: It was a bad year. Yeah. He was really bad last year on the advanced metrics.
3: Over the first four years of his career, he had at least one 40 plus yard rush. In the last two years, he's barely like 30 was his longest. Like the explosive plays on the ground, they just haven't been there for Alvin Kamara the last two years, despite the volume. The receptions have gone down since the Drew Brees years. We have six total rushing touchdowns the last two years and like Andy said, the terrible efficiency marks. You know, it was uh, over the past two years, a touchdown per seventy seven carries. That's not the Alvin Kamara that we've grown to love over his first few years in the in the in the, the league. Then look at his competition. Right? We have Jamal Williams who got himself a, a nice decent contract, and then they spent a day two pick on Kendra Miller, which to me, really emphasizes how the New Orleans Saints feel about Kendra Miller because not only did they spend a higher draft capital pick, which we want. we Our running backs, we want a day one or a day two pick. He was hurt at the time. And NFL teams, if you've been paying attention to the draft for any amount of years, are scared poopless for anyone who is dra- is injured, In the draft season, you get outliers like Jamison Williams, who was coming off of an ACL tear, and they still took him in the first round, the Lions did. But for the most part, running backs who are hurt, even if they're really good, they just tumble down draft boards. Look at Sean Tucker. Like, this guy was an incredible running back, and teams just, he went undrafted. Like, teams are like, well, no, we're not even going to spend a sixth or a seventh round pick on this guy. He's hurt. We're going to see what he can do, and maybe we'll try and get him as an undrafted free agent. Last year... You had Alvin Kamara getting on that volume because here are the running backs who took snaps for the Saints last year. Jordan Howard, Dwayne Washington, Eno Benjamin, David Johnson, Tony Jones Jr., Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray. This was the competition last year for Alvin Kamara. Man, David
2: Johnson
0: I know. played
3: for the Saints last year? Dude, when I when I went and looked <laughs> at this list, it blew my mind. Like, Eno Benjamin, I forgot he was on the team for a couple weeks Yeah, he got picked there. up after the Cardinals dumped him. Uh, and... Like I said, Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, we have actual uh, competition for him now, especially at the goal line. Both Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller are big-bodied power backs that you can just put in on the goal line and get two yards. Jamal Williams was incredible at it last year. Nick Underhill, who is a beat reporter for the Saints, has already highlighted Kendra Miller multiple times throughout the training camp uh, experience. Again, the suspension is incoming. And then here is a, a stat which just kind of highlights everything because Alvin Kamara is, look, he's at the age cliff, okay? He is, he is 28 years old.
0: Peering out across.
3: Yeah. For, for running backs, which this factors into the whole running back discussion that's been going on for several weeks now with guys trying to get paid. Since 2014, only 10 running backs averaged 12-plus fantasy points per game in their age 28 season, which is not that great. Alvin Kamara was barely over 12 points – Last year, and finished as the running back 18, appearing in 15 games. You have to have an outlier touchdown season from Kamara. So those 10 running backs, all of them had 12-plus touchdowns except for Aaron Jones last year and Joy Bell, who <laughs> <some, laughs> you always have a, a wild name when you have these stats. It just it seems like a really bad bet. <laughs> we yeah, still Joy, got yeah. it. That's Joy Bell, baby. Joy Bell was the original Tuba guy. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like a really bad bet to carry a 28 year old running back whose efficiency has plummeted, and he has to get touchdowns. And meanwhile, you have you have a young Buck, and then a guy who just had a bajillion touchdowns last season. That's a lot. Uh, it is it. It is a lot of touchdowns. But I am uh, Alvin Kamara is pretty much off my draft board let, if anywhere close to where he's going.
0: Let me ask you this, then, Jason, Mike. What's he worth if Alvin Kamara – like, I think he's going to catch 50 passes for this team. Yeah. Um, I've been watching the camp stuff. I mean, the receiving game, that's where he, he's, he excels. If he catches 50 passes. He caught 57 last year. Yeah, if he catches 50 passes, but he's a part of this offense with the touchdowns not guaranteed, what's he truly – like, take the name out of it. Yeah. What, are you – and is the suspension going to play a part in whether you're willing to hold that? Like. If he's just 50 catches and he doesn't have a bunch of touchdowns and he suspended three games, I mean, you're wasting a roster spot, aren't you?
3: That's that's how I am looking at it.
2: Yeah, if, if I mean, the thing is is we're going to know, hopefully here pretty soon, yeah. what the suspension is or isn't, and that will allow his ADP to, to rest because obviously right now he's the running back 29. He doesn't cost a ton, and if he had no suspension, I'd be like, no, the, I mean, of course that – that's a fine draft pick to get a guy at running back 29 who's such a good pass catcher and has done it before. But if he if he loses a couple games and then you've got to hold him and you have everything you described. I've had a really hard time every time I'm, you know, around his ADP going, do I want to do it? Because I, I do see, you know, he's, he's definitely getting less and less efficient, but he still catches the ball. So he's not a bum. He's not off my boards, uh, but you make a really compelling case of, the fact that the competition be careful is super different now.
0: Okay. Well, let's uh let's turn the page for a moment and Kay. let's talk about T Higgins. I mean, who doesn't love T Higgins?
3: I love him. I love T Higgins. I mean, T Higgins is He's
0: great, a great player.
3: Ice. Oh, ho,
2: ho, ho. Right? We are bringing the fire I today. I think we'll have some good discussion in a moment. <clears throat> This one I am
0: I, I feel very strongly about, not because, look, we're not sitting here doing an ice and fire show about, you know, you just talked about George Kittle. He's a very talented player. He plays a huge role. He's going to have tight end one weeks on the year. Mm-hmm. But it's about the draft cost. It's about what to expect from this roster and this team. And the more I dove into T Higgins and looked at this draft cost and looked at what kind of player he actually is relative to the draft cost. He's an ice player for me this year, and I'm sorry because I know we like watching him play football. He is drafted as the wide receiver 12 right now in the third round. In fact, I think we've been in quite a few mocks where you've had that chance to grab him, and um, and, and maybe I'm misremembering, but you guys have passed at times on T. Higgins when you're staring down some of these other options. You're drafting him at his super tippy-top ceiling, in my opinion. Wide receiver 12 is a position and a finish that he's never approached before. He had four of 17 weeks last year. We actually finished inside the top 12 at all, and two of those four weeks, was they were without Jamar Chase on the field. And I know a lot's been said about he was banged up, and so he started some games and then didn't play some games. Look, I, I'm looking at what to expect from him this season, He's finished at wide receiver 17. That was his peak last year. But you are now expecting, and this is the headline that I want you to hear, you're expecting a player who is 42nd in the league in targets per route run to finish as a top 12 receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he's a top 24 guy. I think that's where he'll end up. But he's going ahead of players that I think – you, you might admit, have higher upside. DK Metcalf and the end zone targets and his uh, ability to be the one in the offense. Chris Olave, Mike, who we, we talk about yeah. having uh, tremendous upside. And I'm, I'm going to throw another wide receiver, two or one B, whatever you want to say. Devontae Smith, I'd much rather have him and pick him at this spot than I would T. Higgins. And so you you have this choice with T. Higgins where, look, yes, he's a highly productive player, but you can pass on him and draft highly productive players a round or two layer, later. Metcalf and Debo are more than a round later than T. Higgins. Keenan Allen and Calvin Ridley are two rounds later than T. Higgins. And so I am not willing at this draft spot to take him where he has to finish well above his highest career finish Um, because I just, I just don't think it's realistic. Like T. Higgins, ha- here's how it happens. And you're going to say it's the same thing you said about George Kittle, 10-plus touchdowns. If T. Higgins ends up 10-plus touchdowns, then he can overcome being 42nd in and, and targets per route run and not necessarily running as many routes as, as some of the top-tier wide receivers. But if he doesn't get 10-plus touchdowns, I really think you're going to be unhappy with the cadence of performances from T. Higgins. So I, I think it's a hot take because I don't think anybody said anything negative about T. Higgins this offseason, which is evident in the ADP of wide receiver 12. But I really just don't think, I think the, the Joe Burrow cologne is rubbing off. And I think anything that touches Joe Cool, it, it's getting an ADP bump. But, um, yeah, I think he's too expensive. That's, that's really my case. And, I, you know, I, I have no clue if you agree or not. Yeah,
3: I, does it smell like cool water? What's, what's the Joe Cool fragrance? I really don't know. Cool like, water's not nice enough.
2: <laughs> no, Joe, Joe Cool. I mean, I don't know. Google what's the most expensive cologne
3: because he smells good oh that's how well he that's a, how you that's how I, I know what smells good i sure is i, I don't know that's that's the most <laughs> Jay, jason thing i have ever does heard anyone in this room do, do you have a fragrance that you wear does anyone no owl Nothing axe special. body spray <laughs> uh, no. yeah, oh.
2: something like that oh, oh yeah that's funny um oh. i've got dior that's that's mine okay um Eeyore? Eeyore. It's a real sad smell. It's just depressing. (laughs) I put it on whenever I feel bad. Eeyore. By the
0: way, uh, Kyle sharing this with us. uh, Over the last five years, if you want to be top 12, you average 97 receptions for over 1,300 yards and and 9.5 touchdowns. That's a very high bar, and it's not that he couldn't do it. It's that he's going to have to have his career best year, and then you've broken even
2: on your draft pick. That's the point. So I will say this. I agree with you that you are drafting him – basically at his ceiling you're you know I I don't think you're you're drafting a a wide receiver at 12 that is not going to finish as a top five guy you're hoping he finishes as a wide receiver 12 there are spots in the draft where that's what you're staring at you're staring at guys that are near their ceiling and and that's what you've got to draft and obviously that's more common in the first few rounds so it's just a matter of your confidence in the player your confidence in the situation your confidence in the team I think the best stat that you shared was um where he was in routes run that gets a little bit scary but i do think it is worth at least giving the other side of the argument um in the you know you brought up that t higgins had a couple games he missed he basically didn't play in three games now if you look at his game log he didn't miss a game he, sure. he was there and so it looks like he, you know missed, he finished
0: yeah missed the uh the absent uh buffalo game obviously that everybody did but, sure, yeah. but he it, didn't physically in, uh, snap share in one game. Exactly.
2: So only 16 games, and then he had three games where he he went out early. So you're talking about 13 games where he finished as the wide receiver 17. So you could see the path. But I went back and I looked because Chase missed some games. You talked about Higgins had big games without him. In the games, there were nine full games that Jamar Chase and T. Higgins played together. And the 17-game pace of those games for T. Higgins would have been 136 targets, 87 receptions, 1192 yards, and nine and a half touchdowns, which yeah. is right around there. That last year, if he if he had done that, that would have been the wide receiver eight. So, T. Higgins is really good, but I, you know, if if you think other people going next to him have the actual chance to finish as a top five guy, or or at a different position um, being better, then I think it's a good ice argument to be made.
0: All right, uh, Jason, I think you're up.
2: I am up, and I'm going to talk about a player that was on yesterday's show <laughs> in an important way. Uh, it is a player that, uh, look, one of our producers just hates, just yes. absolutely hates, um, and that producer is Kyle yep. Uh Last Sad night day. he had a chance to draft Keenan Allen, and he must have been like, man, Keenan's so ice, but he's wrong. Keenan, and the the joke here is that this is, is yeah, because Kyle's like, this is a joke for one person. Right. (laughs) No, I think there's like four or five of us that are enjoying this. Um, Keenan Allen, I think, is a fire pick. Uh, He is obviously a great wide receiver, has been for the last six years. Since 2017, over the last six years, he ranks only behind Devontae Adams in total targets, receptions, first downs. He's just been really, really great. You look at the last six years, he finishes the wide receiver 3, 12, 8, 14, 14, and then last year was bad. He finishes wide receiver 42, but that's because he only played in 10 games, and he missed basically the first 10 weeks of the season. However, when he got back from week 11 on, he was not good. He was great. He was the wide receiver four in fantasy from that point forward. So you're like, ah, I know he's consistent. I know he can get a lot of targets, and in PPR leagues is good. But I just don't think he's got a ceiling. Yes, he he really does. He he can get it done every single game as the first read target for a great offense with a great quarterback. Um, you know, we, we talk about Kellen Moore coming over to this team for the Chargers. I'm very excited to see them open this offense up a little bit and to have Herbert who I love for fantasy this year not be playing with broken ribs and hopefully have his uh, targets but Kellen Moore has done a lot with the slot player if you look at the last three years in 2022 CeeDee Lamb led the NFL in receiving yards from the slot in 2021 Cedric Wilson quietly had the third most slot touchdowns behind only Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams in 2020 rookie CeeDee Lamb had the second most slot receiving yards in the NFL, and Keenan Allen is a dominant slot player. If you think about the great slot players right now, Cooper Cup, right, just dominating. Cooper Cup and Keenan Allen last year both had nine games where they played the whole game, and in those games from the slot, Keenan Allen had more receptions, more yardage, and a higher quarterback rating from the slot he, he's, think he's, he's gonna do a lot from the slot I think you're gonna do a lot from the slot that's what Keenan Allen's gonna do that's getting me hot and the and the, the uh I think I think the reason people are afraid is because he's 31 I, I don't yeah. love drafting old players
0: well all these injury symbols that are next to all of these game logs also concern people yeah
2: I mean uh, early early in Keenan Allen's career it was thought oh he's a huge injury risk and then all of a sudden he wasn't and then last year he was right now he's healthy uh, I believe, I mean, he's looking great in camp from all the reports. And age 31 is not a death knell for wide receivers whose trait is getting open from the slot. Uh, in 2016, Larry Fitzgerald led the NFL in receptions at age 33. He was the wide receiver 11 that year. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, all top 20 wide receivers at that age. Um, last year, at age 30, he averaged the most red zone targets per game in his career. So I think a lot of people are are worried they see him as uh, someone that doesn't have upside. Here's what I believe Keenan Allen is. Keenan Allen is a solid foundational piece of a fantasy roster that's going to have a high score every single week. He is going to have the most targets for one of the best offenses from one of the best quarterbacks. And he's good at football. He's getting an upgraded offensive uh, coordinator, and their their line should be a lot healthier. So when I look at Keenan Allen, I, I I don't see a lot of risk there. That's that's the way that I view the pick. I think he's going to have a phenomenal season this year.
0: Yeah, I think the baseline foundation of building your team on a Keenan Allen is great. I don't think you're going to get I – mean, we've seen him for how many seasons now? He's got 10 seasons played. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. It just doesn't happen for Keenan Allen. He never has. So, you're, I mean, he averages 5.3 per season. I think he's had a couple years with eight, most of them with four or five. Um, you know, he accumulates a lot of numbers in an offense. And so, look, it encourages me greatly as somebody who has Keenan Allen on a dynasty roster that you think so highly of him. I told you this week I had made the offer, floated it out, Keenan Allen for Calvin Ridley. Then Interesting. I, then I saw you made him your fire pick. Mm. And I withdrew the offer to reconsider To reconsider because I, you know, um, I'm excited about both of those players, but they're very different archetypes. Like Calvin Ridley is the kind of player that you're going to get, you know, multi-touchdown big play potential. Keenan Allen is a -a 10-a-catch type of guy, um, which is, I mean, to be fair, that's kind of what Cooper Cup is, except for Cooper Cup just scores like 17 times. Um, So, you know, it, it is, you look at the game log last year, that run that you talked about, it was... It wasn't like bouncing between number four, number you know 32, number six, number 40. It was 22, 13, 15, 20, 13, 23. I mean, I, it was I, just peppered with targets, reliable first down target, and I guess there's really no reason we need to go away from that other than fear of age.
2: Yeah, and you know, you know, if you compare him to T. Higgins, right? T. Higgins is going to – maybe this, he'll finish. I was going to ask you that maybe question. Maybe he'll finish higher, but I would prefer – keenan allen in the fourth round as my fourth player on my roster than drafting t higgins as a top 12 guy
0: that's that's that was the t higgins case is there's some players that i Mm. think you know keenan allen is one of them where you can wait around take somebody else in the third maybe get yourself a little mark andrews you know look at who you'd take you want t higgins plus a fourth round pick or do you want like mark andrews and keenan allen give me that all right so um maybe that'll talk kyle back into him
3: i don't know maybe (laughs) maybe We got one more name. All right, from Keenan Allen. So we're going out with the old. In with the new fire. Zay Flowers. Zay Fire. Zay Fire. Rookie for the Baltimore Ravens, who is currently going, as most rookies do, he's in the back of the ninth round. Wide receiver 46. So here's the case for Zay Flowers. Number one, first round draft pick, twenty two overall. We love that. We love having that day one draft capital of the first round wide receivers. If you're looking at their actual production profile, which if you're new to that term, a production profile is like their percentage of their team. So their percentage of their team's receiving yards, receptions, touchdowns. Zay Flowers has the strongest production profile uh, of the first round wide receivers. He was he was dominant. Now he went to a smaller school, but we love seeing that a player just absolutely took over. What's going on with the rest of the Baltimore Ravens wide receivers? Well, Rashad Bateman, who knows? Like, like we had, so we've had some bad vibes with him this off season. He had to get the uh, the shot in his foot, which Matthew Betts had had highlighted. This is not a normal thing for the, the injury that he's recovering from. He's just he's still not around. OBJ, yes. They gave him a ton of cash. I totally understand that. But look at the facts about where we are with Odell Beckham. He's 31, much like Keenan Allen, except he is coming off his second ACL tear. He didn't play last year, and he hasn't been the Odell Beckham fantasy force in years. When he was with the Rams, he got that uh, got that trade. Was he traded or released? I don't remember. But he ends up on the Rams. For the Super Bowl run, yeah, it was
0: a mid-season trade.
3: Like he had a couple decent weeks as a Ram because he was catching some touchdowns. But do you realize in those eight games he was averaging just over three receptions and thirty-eight yards? Like
0: that's that's three, not, three for thirty-eight. I, I think um, I think you could aim higher. Yeah,
3: that's not getting it done. Look at Lamar Jackson. Look, it's it has it's been a while for Lamar Jackson since we've seen that prolific passing touchdown season. But last year, when he had an actual wide receiver one, Rashad Bateman, Bateman was healthy for three games. In those three games, Lamar Jackson threw 10 touchdowns combined. Like He can still absolutely get it done. Now let's look at the opportunity for just the Baltimore Ravens offense. Since 2019, here's how the Ravens have ranked in neutral pace back with the the old, we're going to grind it out, high-T, run, 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 Lev run. Bell, Devonta yes. Freeman, Latavius yes. Murray. Neutral pace ranked since 2019. It's 32nd, 31st, 28th, 32nd. We don't like that because we want a high-paced offense. High-paced offense means many, many opportunities. Todd Monken, the new, head, uh, the new offensive coordinator, back his years with the Bucs, neutral pace, 4th, 4th, 11th. Last year, the Ravens used 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, just 12% of their plays. This was dead last. Todd Monken with the Buccaneers, 69%, because Todd Monken wants to air the ball out. And can Lamar get it done? Well, Lamar's rank in fantasy points per dropback last year, third, seventh, first in 2020. Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback who can get the ball where it needs to be his his mobility just helps his players get open. Zay Flowers is one of these players. He is a he's not an overwhelming physical force.
0: Yeah, can can uh, Lamar throw it to to little guys? Yes, To he little can. giants?
3: He, <laughs> Zay Flowers gets open. And the Baltimore Ravens clearly believe that the size is not going to be an issue. 5'9",
0: be- 182.
3: The, is that what he is? Yeah. So, he's a first round pick. And he and he wins with with tactical skill of getting open. He's a tremendous, very He's a Shifting. tremendous wide receiver. Lamar Jackson is already saying, "I'm going to call him Joystick," which is an overplayed nickname uh, in the NFL at this point. But the, the the point remains that Lamar Jackson is very impressed. The training camp has uh, the training camp hype has been really nice for Zay Flowers. That's not everything. That is just another piece of the puzzle to go along with. My my confidence already in what I think the Ravens offense is gonna be. And I think it's very possible that Zay Flowers ends up as the number one wide receiver for the team. It could take a couple weeks. It usually does for rookie wide receivers, but I think by the halfway point of the season, spending that the back of the ninth round, I think you have a player who's going to be an impact player for your fantasy football teams.
0: Yes, he, I, he. What's interesting here is that, like, you have two storylines. In my opinion, you have the the case for the talent of Zay Flowers, the player, first-round draft capital. Uh, you know how quickly young wide receivers ascend compared to, you know, these older guys. And then you have a case for kind of a reimagined Baltimore offense, and that's a case that you two have been making strongly, with good reason, throughout the off-season about what to be excited for with Lamar and a pass-heavy offense and uh, more creativity and and driving the ball down the field. And we all want to see that from Lamar Jackson. So, um, you know, it could be one of those things where like three weeks into the season, this is like the most obvious take in the world. And right now it's not. But like Zay Flowers being the young, talented – I mean, think about going into the season, uh, Justin Jefferson's rookie year, right? Yeah, where, it took a couple of weeks. Where, where you, the obvious nature of this talented player being a premium target in the office was not clear to anybody. It just wasn't, and then it took about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Because of Bateman's injury history, because of Beckham's age, it could be one of those things where, like, oh, yeah, like, this is so clear. And right now the draft cost is not there, and I don't know if – look, he's going to get opportunities in preseason, say Flowers, to show you things on film. Like, he'll get snaps. I mean, that that's a player that's going to be out there getting his opportunities, and so you may see that draft price rise a little bit. Bateman's injuries, you know, we'll see. If the second case that you guys are making, which is, is I, I buy into, like the Todd Monkin reimagined offense, if that part's true, there could also be other opportunities for other players in this offense. You know, Jason loves Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, if Beckham's healthy and has a rela- you know, has that quarterback wide receiver relationship, he will have games too. If they're throwing that much, if they're passing the ball that much, it certainly won't all be a five nine one eighty two Zay Flowers. But it's an interesting combination to put that kind of talent with that kind of an offense.
2: Yeah, it's it's um, when he was drafted to the Ravens, I was really excited for when plays break down. You know, but Bateman's going to be going, maybe he's the first read, you know, he's uh, flying down the sideline if he's healthy, if he's even there. Uh Beckham is toast uh to me, but the if if a play breaks down and 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 Lamar's dropping back to pass and he's scrambling. You're not guarding Zay Flowers, that type of a player for a long term it's kind of like Steve Smith Uh, with Cam Newton, where it was like, if Cam can buy some time, you're just not continuing to guard uh, a a player like that. Yeah, it's just not possible. So that's where I was really excited to see those plays that break down, that don't go the way that they want. I think those are going to go a lot to Zay Flowers, and I do actually have him statted as the number one wide receiver on the team.
0: All right, we did it. Got through ice and fire. Ironically, Kyle, I believe, is currently wearing a Keenan Allen jersey. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> so, repenting. Uh, now, he didn't put that on. Kyle, you're there with us. You, you didn't put that on mid-show in order to, like, rebuke Jason, did you? You've had that on the entire episode? I wore it to sleep last night. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's all he wears to sleep, and that's the problem. Oh, no. All right. We are done with today's episode of the show, but guess what? We're back with another one tomorrow. Getting into the wide receiver rankings. Don't forget, head over to ultimatedraftkit.com, Get yourself prepped up. Get yourself ready. The season is here. Talk to you soon.
2: Goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Join our fantasy football community on JoinTheFoot.com and follow us on Twitter at the TheFFBallers.